Hello and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, B Champion Chats, with your host, Josh Blue. Um, so this podcast is all about exploring the mindset and motivations becoming the best version of you. And today, my first guest is the one and only Lucy Superfox. Not only is she absolutely incredible in everything that she does and motivates hell out of me, but she's also, I can now say, my fiance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, first guest on the podcast. Um, I would do a massive introduction, but I'd let Lucy do that herself because she's probably going to do it a lot better than I am. So, Lucy, who are you? What are you about? And what do you stand for, really? Like, what would you say... If someone asked me, what do I stand for? I would say I stand for simply always striving to, like, be my best, be my own person. So if you want to give a little introduction to yourself and... Something along those lines. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, and I hate giving bios as well in case I miss something. <laughs> so, yeah, as Josh said, my name is Lucy Superbox. That is a, not my actual name. Like, people think, is that like your real name? I wish it was my real name. Maybe I'll make it my real name when we get married. Um, but it's a name that stuck from a business that I created called Team Superbox a few years ago when I was in the prep coaching and body transformation space, much like obviously Josh is now. And that kind of evolved into a purely mindset coaching business. So I sell digital courses, I sell kind of accountability and growth coaching. And then alongside all of that, after leaving corporate life in 2016, and I absolutely love my job. I always clarify that, like I love my job in corporate events and I still consult for big not-for-profit now on event space because I love it. But I've also built a massive network marketing business. So really the number, the number one thing that I would say defines me is my value, my number one value in life, which is the freedom to choose. So what I always want for people is to empower themselves to have the freedom to choose and to not be confined or restricted by a system, a process, a business, practicalities, limiting beliefs. And I think that everything that I'm about probably falls under that category. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm a dog mom. Can you tell? Yeah, can, can you tell? Can you tell? You can't do anything. I know, they have to be involved with everything. And again, we say freedom to choose. We we have dogs, we have that choice to be able to look after these crazy little animals and, and do what we do, and we're here quite a lot, so. Yeah. And when you say like freedom to choose, I think that's like massively important because I think a lot of people don't feel like they have a choice or don't feel like the freedom, they have the freedom to choose and maybe feel like they're too far along. And I know this in the fitness industry and just through coaching that I feel like a lot of people like, I'm too far gone or it's too late for me or I can't make a change story of my life yeah. um, but in fact everyone's got a choice yeah I think the two things when it comes to change the reason why people don't change is either one they don't want it bad enough because the truth is if somebody said to you you've got two weeks to live unless you move through stone like people would make it happen so number one you either don't want it bad enough and that's not because your desire will outweigh difficulties and challenges it's just because it will get you going and get you in the motivation and get you in the momentum of things. And the second reason is they don't believe they'll actually achieve it. I think, you know, especially if we're talking about a weight loss example, people spend so much of their life, like you said, conditioned in one way. They attach that to who they believe they are. And as a result, the thought of changing, they A, wouldn't know who they then were. You know, if they go from the way they identify themselves as a fat person to a slim person or a fit person or whatever, you know, their, their goal is they wouldn't know who they are, but B, they don't believe they can do it because likely they've tried and failed many times. And I think the challenge is that the world that we live in, you know, endorses that, that it's kind of quite black and white thinking. And I used to be this person for sure, like it's success or failure, you win or you lose. And actually 
everything in life is a journey. So when it comes down to changing, I think it's about you've got to first have a big enough desire to change. So you've got to ask yourself, do I actually want to change? And then from my perspective, the second thing is then doing the work to believe you can change. It's not, you're not born with a belief system that's going to serve you the rest of your life. And if you are, oh my God, hats off to your parents. But the reality is you are going to have to do the inner work to believe that you can. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've seen in you and we've talked about a lot in you is the fact that what Josh doesn't do is he doesn't put energy into his past. We talked about this last night, right? Mm -hmm. Josh doesn't put energy into his past at all, ever, like I spend a lot of time reflecting, but I think when you're a personal growth coach, you know, you're reflecting on growth all the time, you're sharing your lessons and your stories, but we rarely do that when it comes to you. We're always talking about kind of the future and where we're going and you invest your energy in who you're going to be rather than who you've been. And I think that that's what it really takes to create change is doing that inner work to change the belief system. It is like changing the programming system on your, like we can see our telly here, changing it on your telly, you know, like changing it on your computer. Like my, I definitely do a new Mac. My Mac makes loud noises that make me think it might blow up. Your Mac sparks <laughs> at the plug. That's when you need a new Mac. I'm just so, so committed to that Mac. It was basically It served you well. How long have you had that Mac? 2017 I bought that. So that's like six years. It's quite a while. But it's just because I think that was one of my first purchases when my business started to really take off. To go from like a little shit two hundred pound, you know. Do you feel like it actually means something? Yeah, it means. Do you reckon you would keep it? Yeah, it's because it means something. Mm. Like it's what everything in life is what you make it mean. But anyway, sorry to finish what I was saying is, I think the key is to put your energy into the future and the life that you want. And some of the reasons, you know, one of the core reasons I think we have, you know, a great life is because we put our energy and time into what we want rather than in trying to avoid staying where we are. That's yeah, so true, and like it's interesting to say because we did talk about that last night about I don't think in I don't think in the past I don't think I actually knew that until last night I don't think I realised until I put a label on it yeah, yeah. and I was like yeah I never really think about the past never. I mean like very brief past as in like I competed in August September and I was like okay I think about that because it was but I'm only using it for the next little bit yeah exactly but I don't think you identify yourself well subconsciously there'll be parts of you that you know like from when you grew up there are things that you do or values that you have or behaviours that you have that are obviously part of who you are but I think one of the biggest things that I've seen shift and change is that you're quite what I'd call you're open minded you're, like the word I've got in my head it's not necessarily appropriate but if it, it's malleable do you know what I mean like you, you're moulded and change according to not in like a comedian sense as in like oh I better respond to my environment but as in you're like well that's what I want so who do I need to be to have that which is really the ticket to manifestation like that is your one way fast ticket to manifesting your dream life like it absolutely is is who do i need to be and then you just kind of become that person and like you do it with such an effortlessness whereas i'm that person that i think maybe it's a woman thing but i'm like okay cool so who have i been and why have i been like that and why did that happen okay now i know who i want to be and now i can do all this work and i also think it's part of being like i'm like a hive i need i need work like i hit i thrive on it but i think one of the things that you've had you know we talk about our superpowers all the time one of your superpowers is the ability to make a decision this is why you just start prep like that like on a sunday you're like yep start prep today but your ability to make a decision set a long-term course and just go for it like there's you just don't ever doubt yourself and i think mm. i think a lot of people maybe sometimes can't relate to that because they doubt themselves a lot yeah but are also super inspired by it yeah it's a hard one it is a, it, do you know what is actually hard because you want to be relatable <laughs> Especially as being a coach, I want to be relatable and say that anyone can do this, but 
not everyone can just flick a switch like turn on a light and be like, cool, let's go. So there's things that they're going to have to do. Um, I'm not like that, though, am I? I don't flick a... I think this is the thing. People no, you don't. You kind of, like... There's no, there's no, yeah, there's no right and wrong way, and loads of people have different ways, but you kind of mould into it in a different way. Stop licking my sofa. I know, she's been making a right mess. Um, yeah, it's different. I do it a different way. I'm quite considered, I'm quite thorough, I like quite systematic, I'm quite like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, let's say I'm definitely not doing any more competing, I'm we're retired in 2015, thank you very much. But um, basically, what I started. If I know, right? Handed over the baton, babe. That's what it was. I handed over the when you started coaching, I stopped coaching. I was like, oh, yeah. over to you. Um, but because I think I'm quite a systematic person, so if I've got a goal in mind, I'm like, I get really clear on the goal. I get clear on really why I want it. I get really clear on a system of how I could achieve it. And there's not one way to achieve any goal out there, by the way. And it's not about the practical steps. I'm a big anyone who listens to any of my work knows I'm kind of a balance of the practical and the spiritual but I then do the work to believe I can have it so I look at all the reasons that come up that say you can't have that why would that happen for you that can't happen for five years you couldn't be you know earn that amount of money from doing that thing and I look at all the beliefs and I do the work to clear those and then when I'm clearing those I'm building the belief system in the direction of what I want and then I start picking up the pace by then taking the action at the same time as doing the belief work whereas what you've had the ability to do is almost condense that process down and just go with it. And I sometimes, you know, sometimes do wonder if that's a man-woman thing. You know, like, we like... Yeah, potentially, I think, just... Or a personality type thing, anyway. Yeah. And would you say... Because, obviously, there's loads of different approaches on how to get what you want. Would you say... And he knows he knows that there's a different approach now dogs get what they want. They just look at you like that. They just look at me like this and I go, okay, my heart, I'm my like, little heart. Did you have to win a show? Did you have to prep or diet? No, I just went, let me win. And they did. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not the case. I mean, it's... Uh, some federations, it's a little bit yeah, like that. Know. It is, yeah. True, true. We could literally just drop it. Okay, like, let's not. Drop let's in there. not let's leave all that for another day. But I wanted to say, do you think that's why... <sighs> fail is a crap word, but yeah. I'm going to say it anyway because I can't think of another word that's easy to chuck in there. Would you say that's why people potentially fail at what they want to achieve because they don't know either A, how to break it down and get there, or they, they think just flicking a switch is impossible. Or do you think it's like what you said before, like going back to what you said a few moments ago about, um, what did you say? <laughs> no, you said something about why people fail. It's probably uh, because they doubt themselves. Do you think it's just a combination of all of them? Or what do you think the most common thing is why people yeah, not achieve what they want or is it because they don't want it enough or I don't even think it's th that they fail I don't even think they get started yeah I think I think you know I don't have a percentage for you but I think out of the people who want something because that because I know that because there are things that I haven't started right I want to write a book as you know I've not started it think about it all the time don't mm. do it do I believe in divine timing? Yes, I do. I do believe that I, you know, there will be a time that maybe feels more appropriate to write a book or I've created enough space. But I also believe if I really wanted to write a book now, I could carve the time, find the right support, get the right... Yeah, there's no perfect time, is No, there? no, no, exactly. So I think the biggest reason that people don't achieve what they want, in inverted commas, is because they, they don't have the belief or faith that it would work out for them so they don't even get started. People who get started, there's something about that you've got to give massive hats off to the people who actually take action. 
especially in the face of no belief, because actually that's kind of like blind faith. That's actually pretty scary. Mm. You know, the biggest thing I think people are afraid of is the unknown or uncertainty or change. And I, I know definitely that's the biggest thing I'm afraid of is, you know, I'm willing to roll with change. I'm willing to roll with uncertainty. But often one of the things that catches me out is that fear of like, oh, but what if? And actually, you know, I'm a big, as you guys, well, you know, and anyone who follows my work knows, I'm a big fan of Joe Dispenza. And one of the things he talks about is, you know, out of the infinite potentials that are possible in any moment, in any decision, people choose the worst case scenario. And so as a result of them never getting started, they never get started because out of all the infinite potentials, they choose the worst case scenario. And I can be quite, uh, I don't say I'm quite bad at that. I can sometimes do that. And that's just conditioning from being in the event space. I'm so used to work in health and safety, yeah. you know, completing risk assessments. Everything was thinking about contingency plans, you know, for every event what we'd, if, we'd have a wet weather plan we'd have a snow weather plan we'd have a you know what if half the team didn't get there we used to fly separately on separate planes in case there was a plane crash which as we know is fucking rare yeah but like do you know what i mean all these kinds of things there's always so like a, a fear like condition black hole, just in case what if, what if, what if. but that that kind of culture is basically ingrained in us so that we stay safe like it comes from a childhood like a parent to child thing to stay safe right and even so kicking that thought i know like you this is what I have to do. Josh I know, knows like, I have to do this. I have to go. I'm holding the thought. And just it's hold like, it. Hold it there. It's here. Hold it there. Yeah. But they always say like, what? I mean, even in school, I remember. Oh, I want to choose this. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, have a backup option just in case. Or like, what's Plan B? If you got a Plan B, if Plan A don't work, and that's since been forever. Like always. Like you've got to have something to fall back on. So why do you have to fall back on anything? Yeah, I totally and I'm totally with you. It's like. And if I'm being honest, some of the biggest successes I've created in my life, you know, with my businesses, with wealth, with, you know, other things is because when I've shut the back door mm. is when I've turned around and gone, there is no backup plan. There is no plan B. There is no plan C. Like I have multiple plan A's. So for me, I'm working on multiple things at once because A, it fills the life, like fills my soul, makes me feel inspired. But what it also means is that I, what I can do is have the ability to dial something up or dial something down. So I never feel like something isn't succeeding or something's failing i just feel like right now i'm dialing up because i just go at a different what places. do i do i've got maybe four 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 main core business themes so i've got my network marketing business yeah. which is a big umbrella within that but my network marketing business i've got my you know courses and coaching i've then got presenting stuff and, and then, then i've got my event work so like i've got four things that i dial up and down throughout my months throughout my weeks throughout my years but as a result none of them are a plan b like, I actually don't have a preferred plan A either. Like, they're all plan A. And you can never have all of them 100% at once. No, you can't. And so what's happened in the past is when I've dialed something up, the others have been dialed right back, but that doesn't mean they stop, right? It's just that in that moment, and, you know, if, if you think about safety, and look, we could talk about trauma and central nervous system and all the stuff that I've been working through over the last couple of months, but the feeling of safe, if we just bring that back in, the reason why people don't get started or that concept of needing the plan B is ultimately to feel safe. And if I'm being honest, if you are trying to create change in your life in any way, the best way you can create a feeling of safety is learning to trust yourself. And the way that you learn to trust yourself is doing the thing you said you were gonna do. So whether that is, and this is why, you know, like the guidance of a coach is so important because you often don't have the knowledge, right? Knowledge isn't power, but you often don't have the knowledge to know what to do. So of course you're not gonna be congruent and trust yourself because you could say, I'm gonna go to the gym today and do four hours of weights. Well, you don't really know what you're doing. So like, you're not gonna do that every day. Yeah. Whereas a coach can give you that structure or like, you know, a mindset coach or a business coach or whatever, 
this is why these people, these experts exist, is to give you the give that person the structure and the guidance, and then that person has the opportunity to go, I don't need to think about the how, I don't need to think about the knowledge. All I need to do to build the feeling, to actually create the change, is do the thing I said I was going to do. Yeah, and then it'll just it'll just start happening and be conditioned. Mm-hmm. And about trusting yourself, that's exactly what I do, to be fair. I just learned, I think when I started competing in the fitness journey, I didn't really, I genuinely didn't know it was like a coach thing. No. I didn't know people like coaches. I didn't know. Well, I thought a coach was like a, a PT or a trainer. I thought someone would train you in the gym. I didn't know people looked after people's diets and did all that. I just genuinely didn't know. Um, so I always just did it on my own. But doing it on my own, I think there are obviously there are benefits to it and there are negatives to it as well. But because I've always done it on my own, I've always ended up having to trust myself. Yeah. And because I've had to trust myself. But you also wanted it bad enough. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And because I really, really wanted it, I did all the things that I had to do to get there. And along the way, I built that trust within myself. And I think that's the thing with um, like coaching now, that there needs to be that build of trust, especially when you get like a new client. I, and I find that as well. Like I always say, when, when I start with somebody, I'm always like, this first few months or weeks or whatever, we're not going to probably get it right straight away. I'm not going to nail it like bang on straight away, and I think that's where you find, like you said, the people want it bad enough. Yeah. Um, because you know I, I've coached people, and then three weeks later they've said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore," because, like you said, they didn't even get started. So hats off to the people who do get started. Hats off to the people who do put trust into somebody else because it's a massive deal. But totally. After a period of time, you end up building that trust in the other person, and you trust yourself because you've allowed yourself to trust somebody else so you know you're trusting yourself making the right decision and that's why a lot of people heal and create massive change when they're in supportive romantic relationships because they're in a safe environment where they feel trust and they feel safe and why they then make can make bolder moves and can make bigger decisions and can you know do things like change career or start a business or lose the weight or do the thing because they're in a supportive space where they feel safe that no matter what they'll be protected and loved and what happens is when we grow up through society is you know, we're in cliques, we're in groups, we're in clubs, we're in circles, we're in this. And so what happens is if we change or we step outside the mould or we're different or we leave the town we grew up from or whatever it is, uh, it's true, right? Yeah. And then we feel like people turn their back on us or we, you know, it's the whole journey from the block thing. Like, I'm being honest, like, my, my past is kind of irrelevant. It's good context, it's relatable information. Like, I don't come from very much, so when I talk about my money coaching and kind of where I'm at now, it's a nice point of reference for people who feel maybe like they don't have enough. But if I'm so attached to being Jenny from the block, right, and what I come from, like, just to use that, because it's a great song, to use that, you know, then I'm going to create more of that. And the problem is people are so attached to who they've been because it doesn't feel safe to be who they want to be because of, you know, not trusting themselves. So they don't feel, like, bold enough to be able to step out there and do these things because they're looking around them for validation. And I think that's one of the things that we both have very much in common which doesn't surprise me about how we ended up together is the fact that we're both our own person we're both massively our own person we're not afraid of what other people think and it's not because this is the mistake people make when they do that whole like i don't care what other people think that's not it i said this the other day i don't care what other people think about me but i do care how i make other people feel yeah there is there's a massive difference massive difference i think so many people don't know that difference or like yeah i don't care what people think about me I do what I do, I enjoy it, I'm, you know, sometimes jovial, I have a laugh, I take a piss out of stuff, 
sometimes I don't. Got my views on things, whatever. This, this is how I train, this is how I eat, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I'm not really, I don't really care what people think about what I do because I like it. And But at the same time, as long as I'm not, you know, really like pissing anybody off or like really offending anybody. And when I say like offending people, I don't, you know, I think there's, yeah. I feel like the world has gone way too soft. I think, I don't think you're the only person that thinks that though. Yeah. And I, yeah, and obviously going off on a bit of a tangent, but I feel like offence is one of the things that a lot of the time is down to the individual taking But you know what, but the reason people take offence is because they don't trust themselves enough to then see somebody else who trusts themselves and recognise a difference of opinion without taking it personally. Mm. And that's all it is, is that when you take something personally, that's a lack of self-knowing and self-trust and self-confidence because... Josh and I, to be totally transparent, there's a few things that we fervently disagree on in a few areas of life. Not so much in the two fitness and nutrition, and there's a few areas of like under this world's gone soft umbrella. We're not going to get into it today that we fervently disagree on. Like, and that's okay. But I don't make Josh disagreeing with me mean anything about my opinion, make it any less valid. I don't make it mean that he doesn't love me or doesn't respect me or doesn't like me. And same, same with the way as well. Because I'm a whole person by myself. And so as much as people can, like I said earlier, heal in a safe relationship, it's also having the desire to want to become your own person. And when you become your own person and you trust yourself, and I feel like these are going to be the themes that, you know, are going to really... I, I have this theory, Josh knows this theory, which is there's a book called Earth is Hiring. And in this book, it talks about how generationally, every generation is born with a different desire, set of needs, challenges, thoughts about the earth, whatever it might be. Like, this is how, you know, it looks like culture was created every decade. Is it culture or actually is it what the planet needs? You know, that's just my woo-woo kooky theory on that, right? But what I've really seen is that generationally right now, people who did things at the time that I did them, people who grew their businesses in the window that I grew and we're all talking about the same things. The messages, the lessons, they're all the same things. And so what I believe the lesson, the conversation, the trend, whatever you want to call it, the in the millennial generation is going to be over this next 12 months is all going to be about real healing. So not the head shift. So there's been a little glitch in the podcast as we was filming, the camera decided to cut off part way through. So we're going to pick up where we left off, and there's just three key questions that I wanted to ask Lucy. I think Mino's getting in the shot here. Look at her being a little sled. I know. If you're watching, um, you can see the little pig there just getting in view. If you're listening, Mino was right up to the camera. So yeah, we're just picking up where we left off because the camera decided to um, just do one on me. Um, but yeah, there's three key questions really that I asked you that it kind of didn't record. So I'm just going to re-ask those, and okay. we'll take it from there. So my first question to you was. Why do you think people find it so hard to change, to make that change? Because I always find it's in the coaching industry. Not all the time, a lot of people can go straight in. Um, but some people just do find it difficult to really take that step and get stuck in. So why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, I think you're obviously talking about body transformation. So whether you, you could apply what I say to body transformation, money, mindset, business, a relationship, like change is hard. And that's because change feels uncertain and unknown. And I think, sorry, the dogs are just having time of their lives here. Um, us both sat on the sofa is like a joy for them. Um, yeah, I think change is uncertain and unknown. And as human beings, naturally, we're programmed, right? This is the one thing that people don't want to know. They, they don't want to know that they are actually just programmed robots. But effectively, you know, from knowing how to tie a shoelace to knowing how to drive home from work without having to think, 
we are programmed beings. And so when it comes to doing something different that feels like we want it, regardless of how bad we want it, and I, you look, the stronger the desire, the easier it is to overwrite your programs, but the reality is we're all programmed. And so the reason why change feels hard is that you're battling a program. So the problem is when you're battling a program, it feels like, I don't know if you, well, you know, you prep, but like if you've ever tried to like diet and not have chocolate or you get like cravings, you get the exact same thing for certainty. So whether your change is leaving a partner, whether your change is a, you know, a way that you work, like it doesn't really matter what it is. We crave certainty, we crave what we know because that's what we're programmed for. But the key is we can all transform the program. And the two ways to do that is one is like, I will say it calls pushing a snowball. Mina, could you please? Shush. Um, pushing a snowball uphill, like it feels hard, like nails on a blackboard, willpower, white knuckling it, like holding on, like, oh, the chocolate, right? Or you could actually just really sit down with your desires, get really clear on what you want, why you want it, and then really get to work on the belief systems and the stories, again, working on the programming, and start implementing the mindset stuff alongside the practical steps. And then, although you will have the odd day where you're like, oh, I missed the chocolate or whatever, what then happens is you have created the mindset of the person that you want to be. And so stepping into that person is just such an easier and more fluid process. And so I think when it comes to change, the reason it's hard is that we're programmed beings. But the reason we, the, the way that we can make it easier for ourselves is doing that reprogramming and that mindset work. Yeah, so true. So true. And I find that as well with like, like you said, obviously dieting on prep. If I'm not doing it for the actual desire of prep, um, and I just want to do it for purposely just to get in shape or a photo shoot because it's not as goal driven, it's yeah, not yeah, purely yeah. my desire, I do find it harder. But like you say, it's just a, a reprogrammed thing. Yeah, so that's wicked. Me Mino. Knows. Just shut up. Babes. Shut up, girl. Babes. We love you, but you don't need to wash your feet now. For those of you listening, the dog is licking licking her feet. For those of you watching, you'll see she just wants all the attention, so apologies. She just wants to be. She is the queen of the house. I feel like she's one of those annoying annoying people on a podcast where if I was chewing gum, if I was eating constantly on the podcast, and that's all you could hear in your ear, you're like, shut up. Yeah, she's stopped now. She's heard now. She's heard us. You get it. She's on fine. Um. Yeah, amazing answer. That's where I feel like a lot of people can take a hell of a lot away from that. Mm-hmm. I certainly have already. Um, and I also wanted to ask you because I feel like I feel like well, I wanted to say to you actually, do you feel like you have a superpower? Because I feel like I kind of I kind of have one and can step into it from time to time. So do you feel like you have like a thing that's your yeah, if you was a real life superhero, what what is, what is your superpower? Not like teleportation. I mean, I would I love mean, that to be mine. Yeah, I hate long distances and traveling. So yeah, I would love teleportation. But no, my superpower or something that I find really natural. The way I describe a superpower is it's something that you find really natural that feels like you step into the flow. And you could argue this is a skill, you know, you could skill base this, but I just feel like it's something that comes naturally to us. So my superpower is making complicated things simple. So whether that is, uh, you know, a complicated diagram, being able to explain it in a simple way, whether it's using metaphors and analogies for explaining how processes and systems work, or like in my mindset coaching stuff, when I'm talking about something quite high level, bringing that down to an everyday example. So I think for me, my superpower is definitely make a complicated thing simple. And like with you, I think, you know, I'd be interested to know what you think yours is, because I think I know what yours is. Go on, tell us what yours is. Um... I feel like my superpower is that I'm really good at manifesting the things that I want, mm-hmm. um, but almost not really intentionally. I feel like it's mine's visualization. 
Yeah. I feel like everything that I've done and achieved has all been through seeing it. Because you say, oh, you need to see it to believe it, but you need to believe it to see it. And I think that's all kind of the same thing. So I see it in my head and I visualize it so much that I've already seen it happen. So I'm like, well, I believe it. Mm. So it's kind of that way around. Is that what you would say for mine? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I mean, the five steps that manifestation that I teach are decide what you want, Mm. believe you can have it. So what that means is not just go, oh, yeah, I believe, like, do the work. Like, if you actually think, fuck, I don't know if I do believe it, get to work on it. Because the thing is, because if someone else has done it, you can do it. Like, there's your evidence. The next one is make space. So make room for it. Like, a lot of people say to me in the coaching space or fitness, like, I work with a lot of personal trainers, He'll say to me, oh, I want more clients. And I'm like, where are they going to go in your diary? And they're like, oh, um, uh, I'm like, you haven't made space. So you haven't made space for it to come. The next one is take inspired action. So inspired action, the difference between action and inspired action is action is going through the motions, doing things because you feel like you should, doing things you feel like you have to. Inspired action is when you get that idea and you're like, that's a fucking great idea. And like, it's something that comes out of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And then the final step to manifestation, and a lot of the time, if you get really good and you don't really have a lot of stories about why you can't do things, you can, which is what I think you'll get at, is moving through those first four steps really, really quickly. I move through them very intentionally and very strategically. Like we have a lot of conversations, I'm like, this is what I want. This is why I don't believe I can have it. So this, like, I'm a very structured person. Whereas I think you move quite fluidly for, through those first four steps. And the fifth step is what I call embodiment, which is, being in the energy of the thing that you want, believing that it's already done. I mean, you could literally talk to any manifestation teacher and they'll give you a different description, but what it simply means is act as if, act as if it's already happened, believe it's already happened. Now, that doesn't mean if you, you know, act as a millionaire, you start, you know, racking up credit card debt, right? That's not what it means. What it means is start thinking and believing and behaving. And I think, and I think one of the things, that's what I think you're really good at is stepping into the energy of the thing that you want. So ahead of it actually happening, that by the time it happens it's almost inevitable mm. and I think what people mistake sometimes around manifestation is they make it some process outside of them that it's this thing this like fluffy thing or the universe has got control and like I said to a coaching client yesterday you know who was talking about her preferred kind of source of higher power is God and I was saying the thing is in no situation will God ever ride your free, override your free will and it's the same thing with the universe so the universe isn't giving you things, it isn't doing, it's responding to you. So what happens with manifestation is we think it's this process that happens outside of us and actually it's a process that happens inside of us, cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, and that's what I think that you've become really good at. And I think when we got together, you didn't even know that that's what you did. You just thought that's how people lived and you didn't understand. Like It was almost your innocence around it was so inspiring for me because you didn't need to label it, you didn't need to name it, you didn't need to, and like, with Josh, if he ever says he wants to do something, like, we've been talking about you doing something co- cool, that's all I'm going to say. Yes, yeah, there's an idea I've got in the pipeline for the, and, the near future, which is awesome. And it's come out, It's and it was the craziest thing, and like, we'll do a whole podcast <laughs> on it, right? My point is, it was effortless. It, Josh had decided what he wanted in terms of like, he was like, this is kind of how I want my business to look, or my wealth to look, or whatever. And then off the back of that, you like, you don't hold... Josh doesn't have any beliefs about what is possible for him. You don't, he, honestly, he's a pretty neutral guy, to be honest, which is amazing to be around. And so therefore, you've created space because you've created a business with time leverage, so the space for you to do other things, right? So when it got to the point of then the inspired action, it was easy for that to come. So the conversation where one of us, and I can't even remember which way round one of us made the comment, I don't even remember who said what, but what that led to is one comment, literally as I went to turn the light off, 
a light came on, right? And mm. what happened from that, and that's the difference from inspired action. An action is a logical, process-driven, it's the next step, whereas what you had was an inspired action that has then led to, and as you, now you're doing the investigation, you're figuring it all out, you're thinking about when might, you know, thinking about the practical stuff, and then what will happen is you'll step into that already being something that thrives. Yeah. Because, but what you've done is almost, if I, from an outsider looking in, is I've formalised that process for myself, made it very intentional, Whereas what you've done is done it without even knowing you were doing it. And so that's why manifestation appears effortless for you. Because it yeah. feels effortless. Yeah, it's very true. I don't, yeah, I don't, I must subconsciously think about it, but like you say, just very quickly and go through that because I don't sit there and go, right, cool, I want to do this. And if I do that, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I just kind of go, that's going to happen. Okay, it's already done. Wicked, let's go. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on... Yeah, I think we should actually should re- revisit that in a... What you're own. available for, manifestations, minimum energetic standards, we could do a whole thing around that, but... Yeah, because that could be a big topic that we could yeah. dive into on its own. I have loads, I mean, I'm going to shamelessly promote my own podcast. You can check out my podcast, I have a ton of podcasts on manifestations, so... Yeah. It's called The Way I See It, by Lucy Superfox, funnily enough. I'll give you, a little, give you a little plug at the end, give oh, you a little thanks. time for a plug. Oh, well, you can, I'll just do it now, and then it's done. There you oh, go. It's fine. Um, I also want to ask you one thing before we wrap this up Um, I wanted to say if there was one question that you wanted me to ask you what would it be and what would your answer to that be so if there's one thing that I haven't asked you or we haven't spoke about what what did you want me to ask you Um, okay I think it would be Something like, because again, we talked quite a lot about some of the things, like hot topics, manifestation, money, change. Some, it would be something in the long lines of, do you think anything is possible for anyone? Mm-hmm. Right. And my answer is both yes and no. Okay. So my answer is yes, because I believe that humans have infinite potential. I believe that we are massively untapped, over-programmed, over-stimulated, and underdeveloped to be brutal Mm. and I think that as a result of those four things that I've just said what that can lead to is caps limitations stories narratives belief systems paradigms constructs that mean the answer is no people can't achieve anything but I also know what is possible when people take steps to clear those things take steps to work on those things take steps to rise above those things and in turn, because there are a million people that have gone from zero to millionaire, there are a million people that have gone from, you know, stage four cancer diagnosis to cancer free. There are yeah. there are so many stories of where the U-turn has been possible that the media labels a miracle. Again, like something happening on the outside Mental. is what controlled the inside. But sort of from within. Exactly. So I the answer to that question is I believe that human potential is human, whether you want to call yourself a human or not. Like almost have a being. You know, my potential, your potential, your potential is limitless if you believe that it is. Yeah. That's very, yeah, that's excellent. And it is, it's so true. And uh, when you say you believe that it is, that's the best thing about it because you can believe what the hell you want. You can believe anything. Mm-hmm. If you believe it, then why is that not true? Like almost it's every. It's true for you. Exactly. So every, nearly everything in the whole universe, world, planet, whatever you're going to call it, is built on belief. So, amazing. 
Well, um, we're going to wrap that up there. But thank you for watching. If you've watched, listening, if you've listened, keep your eyes and your ears peeled for the next episode coming. But this is the first episode of Be Champion Chats, straight off the sofa with the doggos and my amazing guest and fiance, Lucy Superfox, where you can find her. If you want to plug your social channels away, Lucy. Uh, at Lucy Superfox on pretty much everything. Um, I also have another Instagram, at Next Level Lucy, which is my coaching and mindset kind of more focused page. And then you can check everything out at LucySuperfox.com and the podcast is called The Way I See It. Amazing. All the uh, links to Lucy's Instagram and website and YouTube and things like that will all be in the description. Uh, below on this YouTube link. So thank you for watching and listening. I've been Josh Blue. I've been Ace Seed Fox. And we'll see you on the next episode.